Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, September the 12th. And welcome to our commentary. You know, yesterday was September the 11th. And of course, you know, for my generation, that's a big day. I think, you know, every generation uh, has different days where they know exactly where they were and everything else. And in my particular case, on September 11th, I remember watching the second plane hit the towers. I uh, you know, that whole day, you know, it was a very difficult day hearing about uh, not just the towers when they collapsed. I was at my office. Uh, I just saw the towers collapse. It was one of the most amazing things that that I, you know, I, I just don't know who could have predicted towers collapsing, uh, especially towers like that. I actually went to one of those towers one day uh, years ago. So I know how imposing and how amazing they were and what a part of the of the skyline of New York City, these towers had been for years. And to see these towers one by one collapsing uh, in front of us was just a, an amazing thing to watch. So this was a day that, of course, uh, as we discussed uh, with my friend Bill Katz of, of Urgent Agenda, Bill, of course, was actually in New York. He lives in in New York, so he could look out his window and, and see the whole thing. We could see it on TV, but he could see it out his uh, window because the smoke and everything was so uh, was so incredible. So, you know, it's a day that means a lot to us, as we discussed uh, with my friend Bill, and it brings back a lot of memories, not just memories of people who were killed, but some of the most incredible displays of heroism uh, that you will ever hear, the, the firemen, the police officers, just people doing a lot of things that, uh, you know, great people do. At times of at times of crises like this, so it, it it's uh, it's one of those days, you know, for for my let's say my parents' generation, maybe that generation, it was Pearl Harbor, maybe the assassination of President Kennedy. For my generation, uh, clearly, nine eleven was the most uh, impacting day that I can ever remember. So it's always it's always uh, touching for me when we have these ceremonies, even if it's twenty two years, twenty two years. I. Th- have never really to me it's almost like it happened yesterday so when i hear 22 years it, it where did the time go but it was in fact uh 22 years ago so for me this is one of those days where we really celebrate so many precious things that uh, i was very very disappointed really disappointed that president biden did not attend any of the places related to 9-11 i i think this is something he should have done now i know there was a a uh, meeting of the countries and so on. You know, he could have, months ago, he could have said, look, I'm sorry, we, we cannot do it that day. Can you change it? I'm sure they would have accommodated the president of the United States if he had requested uh, such a change uh, uh, years ago. But, you know, that's that's only part of the problem. The other problem is, and this is a, a terrible thing that Joe Biden does, President Biden does. He'll go in front of people and he'll tell a story that isn't true, completely makes it up. You know, like when he was in Hawaii and he was talking about that fire in his home. Well, there's no fire in his home. Uh, that was just, uh, you know, a couple of sparks uh, and it was nothing more than an insurance claim. That's all that uh, it was. But here he was in Hawaii talking to people who have lost 100 lives and who knows how many more are still missing. And he's talking about the little fire in his house years ago and how that impacted him. And now we get to 9-11. And again, in a ceremony, he starts talking about how 
he was there, I guess, the next day. Well, we know he wasn't. I mean, that's incredible. He was not there on the 12th of September. In fact, very few people you know, were there. I mean, President Bush didn't even get to, to ground zero until a couple of days later. I mean, yes, uh, Mayor Giuliani was there, I think, pretty close to what was going on. So the president comes, President Biden comes, and he makes up this whole story about, you know, being there and looking at the fire, at, you know, evil. It's just upsetting. It's disturbing for a man to be doing this. You would think by now, you would think by now, given his incredible uh, inability to speak without a script, you would think by now that the staff would literally, would literally give him a script for everything, like anywhere he goes. But obviously, you know, it's, it's hard to control the president of the United States, when he goes off script, he goes off script. Now, sometimes some presidents would be very effective when they go off, off script. But most of the time they're reading something for a reason, and that's because they want to make sure they they say the, the right thing. And in this case, it was not the right thing. In this case, it was a horrible thing for the president of the United States to somehow say that he was there. But he wasn't there. He was in the Senate. We have a record of it. I mean, this is not a, a, a political attack. We have a record of President of, of then Senator Joe Biden being in the U.S. Senate on the 12th of September, like most senators were. You know, again, if you remember during that time, that ground zero area was very dangerous for anybody to go into. And the only people who were around there were the police, the fire people, I assume some other, you know, people related to security agencies and so on who were able to go there and see for themselves what was going on maybe look for some evidence the same thing in the in the pentagon and so you know he wasn't there we all know that but for him to make that up again it's just it, it's getting it's getting very frustrating i think for us to to hear these things and why does he do it well your guess is as good as mine but you know he probably thinks he was telling the truth which is an indication of a bigger problem, uh, a bigger problem that he has and something that I'm sure a lot of Democrats are getting very concerned with, that th this man simply doesn't have the ability to deal with a crisis. And this is what's starting to worry me. The idea that, you know, there's going to be a crisis at some point, as always happens in the presidency. You don't pick the time that these things happen. Look at George Bush. He was down in Florida, talking to some kids, and then all of a sudden the towers get hit, and Bush had to act quickly, and I thought he acted quite well during uh, all of that time. But whew, President Biden, he just scares the heck out of me uh, to have a man like that in the most important position in the world, a man who may at a moment's notice have to make a decision about nuclear weapons. Are you comfortable with that? I'm not. I'm not uh, whatsoever. Well, let's go to New Mexico, where the governor, the governor of New Mexico decided to issue an executive order regarding guns. And now you're getting a lot of backlash. You're getting backlash from some of the police, the sheriffs uh, in, in New Mexico. Uh, I think there's the sheriff of a big one of the big counties or whatever who's refusing to enforce uh, this executive order, saying this is unconstitutional. I'm not going to enforce this. Now, I don't know if he's going to be fired or whatever. I don't know exactly what the governor can do about this man who refuses to, to enforce. 
But there's two problems here that I see. And I wrote a post about this a couple of days ago over at the American Thinker. There's two problems here. The first problem is the constitutionality of this. This is not constitutional. Now, it is true that uh, governors and presidents have declared emergencies in the past. For example, if there's a tornado, hurricane, a president will declare, a, or a governor will declare an emergency, but it's usually related to keeping people out of the area. For example, if you have an earthquake or you have a, uh, uh, you know, a hurricane or whatever, you don't want people going in. So he limits uh, the freedom of people, let's say, to go into some of these areas on the basis of a national emergency. But I don't remember the last time that we had a governor basically issue an emergency that that goes after your Second Amendment protection. I mean, this is beyond anything that we have ever seen before, but uh, there it is. But the other thing that bothers me, and again, I wrote about this in my American Thinker post a couple of days ago. The other thing that bothers me about this is that what she has done, what she as governor has done, is not going to do anything to solve the problem. Because she's going after people who have legally who legally have guns. And that's not the problem. That's not the problem in Albuquerque. That is not the problem in Chicago. That is not the problem in Baltimore. That is not the problem in L.A. and so on. The people who are killing at random like this, the gangs, the people who are shooting innocent people are usually people who shouldn't have one of these guns. They shouldn't have them. They're not supposed to have them. They buy them in the illegal market or they... You know, many in many cases they have they have legal problems in their background. They, you know, they cannot buy a gun legally, and those are the ones that the governor and many of these cities should be going after. In other words, going after the criminals who are shooting, not the legal citizens who carry a guns who have a gun as the Constitution says they can, and use it to protect themselves or whatever it may be. So I don't know what's going to happen with the governor. Um, I'm sure that there are many people in the Democrat Party who are going to think that she's a big deal. But I don't think this is playing very well in New Mexico, from what I can tell you. It's not playing well. But more important than the politics of this is the reality that she's not doing anything to fix the problem. And that's what always drives me crazy about these liberal Democrats, that they talk about fixing a problem, but they're not really proposing anything that is going to fix a problem. Again, taking guns away from people who are low-abiding citizens, that doesn't fix the problem. That only creates a huge problem. I have a post over at the American Thinker today, today, Tuesday morning. You can check it out over there. Uh, and I have a link to Professor Victor Davis Hansen's latest uh, article where the professor is indicating that many Democrats are starting to feel that what they have done to President Trump is going to backfire on them. That many of the things that many of the tactics that have been done against President Trump, such as having these district attorneys in very Democrat districts file indictments against President Trump, that they could that could backfire against them down the road when some Republicans do the same thing. You know, I think the professor is 100 percent correct. Because when you get into this politics of vengeance, that's what happens. You do it to me, I do it to you. You do it to me, I do it to you. And then the country derails into this kind of vengeance where nothing good ever happens. Nothing good ever happens. There's a reason that this had never happened before in American history. 
And that's because the people who came before us were smart enough to know that once you cross that line, once you get into that kinds of politics, that nothing good was going to come from it. And that's exactly what the professor is saying. And that many Democrats are beginning to wonder, you know what, maybe we went too far in what we did. And this is all going to come back against us. Uh, I don't know that it will, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does either. Because again, you get into this politics of vengeance and that's what you get. You do something to me, I do something to you. And it becomes very ugly for the country. And uh, so you try to destroy Trump, you may destroy the country as well. And I don't think a lot of Americans want to destroy the country because they want to destroy Trump. I just don't think most Americans are thinking in that way. Well, let me leave you with a quick uh, happy birthday wish here. And that is to Mickey Lolish, who turns 83 today. If you're a baseball fan, if you're a baseball fan, then you know who Mickey Lolish is. Mickey Lolish was a, a great pitcher for the Detroit Tigers back in the days, I guess, when I used to watch a lot of, well, not I used to watch a lot of baseball, but when I was a kid watching baseball, Mickey Lodish was one of my favorite pitchers, great left-handed pitcher, and he turns 83 today. So we wish uh, Mickey Lodish uh, a very happy birthday. I have no idea what he's doing, but uh, whatever he's doing, I hope he's having a lot of fun celebrating his 83rd birthday. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>